You know, I was asking the Lord about this season. And, hey, I'm not going to preach all these papers. I'll just kind of go through the last minute and see what, uh, out of what the Lord's been talking to me about, what the Lord's going to talk to you about today. And I know that during this Christmas season, I have spoken personally more than normal during the whole season. But I just felt like that God was using this Christmas to put us in a definite direction for our future. And I believe that this next year, that this Christmas season has been a spear point to what God wants to do in our lives, in our families, in our church, in our town, in our community, in our city, in our nation, in our world. And so I'm, I'm asking you this morning to help see through little different lenses. I want us to try to search for what God is trying to speak into our heart. I want us to seek for what God, what may you talk, be talking to me about, Lord? What is it that you're trying to speak into my heart? What, what is it that you want to say to me? And so I just believe that God's going to help us today. Hey, open up our ears and God's going to help us to get a spear pointed direction toward this next year. Because one thing I want to happen, I want to end this year with gusto and I want to start next year in power. Amen. And so we want to make sure that that's happening in our life. Now, the Christmas season has brought us to grips with the presence of the Lord. The Christmas season has just brought us to grips with the presence of Jesus and what Jesus wants to be in all of our lives, right? Now, the New Testament, especially the Gospels, they're, they're kind of hard to understand at times because they're such supernatural stories written around supernatural events. And we, a lot of times we have a disconnect when it comes when we're trying to compare what's written in the Gospels and what's happening in our lives. But my heart to you this morning is to let you know God was giving to us his story of what he desired to happen in every person's life that would come into the presence of Jesus. That's why Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John bring so many glorious stories into our heart because God's trying to tell us that the presence of Jesus, anytime anybody gets around Jesus, things are going to happen and things are going to change. Now, we're talking about the presence of the Lord, so we can readily think about the different expressions of the intensity of the presence of God. Certainly, God is everywhere. God is with every sinner. God is with every believer. God is everywhere. David said, even though I make my bed in hell, God is right there. So there's a sense of God's presence that God is everywhere. But I'm not talking about that. But there's also a sense of God's presence that happens when two or three are gathered together in His name. Now, that's a greater intensity of the presence of God. That when two or three gather together, now what, what could not happen in God everywhere comes to pass where two or three are gathered together in His name. And the Bible says that my presence, God says, His presence will intensify to where that miraculous answers to prayer can exist. But I want to talk to you about even a greater intensity of the presence of the Lord. I want to talk about God's in presence intensifying in all of our lives where literally the Bible calls it the Shekinah glory of God, where the glory of God or the, or the little presence of Jesus begins to touch our lives in a way that brings supernatural changes into our life. Now, I don't know what your goal is this morning. 
Your goal may be in the God everywhere. Or your goal may be in the God that's in church with me. But I'm going to tell you what the Lord's, Lord's desire is. That He become the God in every person's life. And that every person can, can not only understand, but they can sense and detect the presence of God. In fact, the Bible teaches us that the presence of God wants to be able to be in our lives to the, to the point to where that we can literally detect it. So whether you can begin to sense whether God is with me or God is here in a great way, God's here in a wonderful way, God's here with me in a much stronger way. Now, few people ever get to the place where they look at the presence of God like that. But I'm telling you, I believe that this year is going to need that. The Bible, this next year, the Bible says, if you run with the uh, footmen and they have wearied you, how can you hope to contend with a horseman? What that says is this, is the battles that you're facing, if they've gotten you down, if the battles that you're undergoing, if they brought worry and release anxiety in the midst of your life, God says, what's going to happen to your life when things get worse? Somebody says, well, boy, things are not going to get worse. Well, that's not what the Word of God says. The Bible tells us this is the beginning of sorrows. The Bible tells us that things are going to get harder and worse as time now progresses toward the coming of the Lord. Then, wow, all of a sudden things are going to get good, real good all of a sudden. But as things are progressing, but God never meant for His people to be at the mercy of circumstances. God meant for His people to be able to trust Him that the circumstances were at the mercy of God. For literally, the, the, what has not wearied us in the footman, that we've learned to contend with the horseman. We've learned to, to find in that richer place of the presence of God, to where the presence of God is able to handle every situation. So, as we move into this next year, there's some things that's probably going to really get worse. We can think a little bit about it this morning. We can think about COVID. About the time we thought that COVID was through, here it is again, like a, a windstorm in front of our face. We can also think about getting up on in the mornings and not knowing where, what Russia is going to be doing and the engagement that they're going to release. We can also think about the Middle East and what's going to happen there. And Lord knows, this government needs help. So, do you understand? I mean, the... the truth of the matter is, things are going to continue to get worse. But Jesus wants your life to be able to shine brighter and brighter for the glory of God. So during this season, we've talked about the presence of God. We're talking about literally being able to come into the presence of the Lord to literally it begins to bring miraculous change in the midst of our life, just like it did in the Gospels. In the Gospels, it's so good. Every person that came into the presence of God in that intensity where the presence of God could be seen by the people, where they could be felt, could be touched, Jesus could touch them. Literally, when they came into the presence of Jesus to that intensity, everything had opportunity to change. Amen? So I want to talk to you this morning. Now, the first week we talked about the presence of God and we talked about the benefits of the presence of the Lord. I tell you what, there is a place in the presence of God where literally the supernatural begins to be offered into people's lives. I mean, the things that God knows that you don't know, the things that God can do that you can't do, the things that God can make ways for that you can't, the people that God can change that you can't change. 
I mean, there are so many glorious benefits to the powerful presence of the Lord. Man, so what God, I believe, is Lord saying to that, there's so many wonderful benefits to my life changing, to my circumstances changing, man, I want the presence of God in a much deeper way. Now, the second week we talk about the difficulties of getting in the presence of God. And we find, man, there's just a lot of difficulties. Difficulties from being able to focus. The difficulties from being able to, to have the time to get moving to the presence of God. There's so many difficulties. One of the strongest difficulties I mentioned is that literally our feelings need to get saved. <laughs> now, there was a, many, many years ago, I was saved. My soul was saved. Man, Jesus wrote down my name in the book of life. But it was a short time thereafter, finally I got my language saved. You understand what I'm saying? It was a long time thereafter that Lane finally got her language saved. But not only did it take a longer process, but it came where finally I got my entertainment saved. To where literally that the entertainment changed, what I would allow in my life. And then attitudes changed. What I put up with the first, I found out through the grace of God growing in my life through salvation that I'd received. God wanted such change. But there's a part of us, a lot of times, that we never let God save. And that part is our feelings and our emotional arenas of life. And those are the areas that will fight you for the rest of your life unless you finally win it over. What I'm talking about. Our feelings, our feelings line up with the enemy in this way. They can usually tell you when it's bad. They can usually tell you when it, when you feel bad or when you're discouraged or when you're downcast. But sometimes it don't even, your feelings can so deceive you. So where you can think everybody's mad at you and everybody loves you. You know, I used to think everybody was mad at me and I thought it's so much easier to just think everybody loved me. So I just started changing and thinking a little bit differently about people. And now people be bawling me out. And I say, but you really love me. But you really do. And in the process of it. But our feelings are so prone to line up with the enemy. The same way our language used to. And the same way our thought life used to line up with the enemy. Our feelings line up with the enemy. I mean, they so line up with me. I've had people come to me and say, why is everybody mad at me in this church? I say, honey, nobody's mad at you in this church. Everybody loves you. You've got such a wonderfulness about yourself. But your feelings are lying to you. But it's God's will that our feelings get saved. (laughs) It's that they go through a process of the Lord to where that they can begin to detect not only that that the enemy is trying to do, but I can begin to feel that which God's trying to do. And in the midst of some of the biggest battles, God wants me to be able to feel the strength of the Lord. And not only that, in the midst of some of the biggest difficulties, God wants me to begin to feel the joy of the Lord. I'm telling you, our feelings just need to get saved. Can you imagine what your life would be like if your feelings lined up with love, joy, Peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, meekness, and temperance. Can you imagine what a wonderful, what a wonderful life it would be? How much you would, you would wake up in the morning with a gusto and ready to go? If your feelings lined up with the presence of God. Well, that's what the Lord's working on. It's almost impossible. If you're going to grow in the presence of God, you've got to get your feelings saved. 
You've got to quit listening to those negative feelings and begin to believe the word of promise that has the power to change your feelings. And when the world's telling you or when your feelings are telling you you are nothing, you're nobody, that's not what Jesus is telling you. Jesus is telling you you're a son. And He has a purpose for your life. And He has a wonderful for your life. See, some of you are telling you this morning, you're at your end. And God's really saying that you're at your beginning. In fact, God's telling you that He's causing all things to work together for good in your life. And if you can just grasp it. So the, the thing that God wants us to do is to allow our feelings to literally to get saved, but for me to overcome those types of obstacles. Then the third week we talked about accessibility of God's presence. Man, how accessible it is. How wonderfully God desires for me to enter into His presence. I love this scripture. In Psalms 27, 8 it says, I heard your voice. Listen to this. You can almost hear the Holy Spirit whisper it. It said, I heard your voice and my heart say, Come and seek my face. My inner being responded, Lord, I'm seeking your face with all of my heart. This week, I want to talk to you about the ability to respond to the presence of the Lord. And that scripture right there says, I heard you in my heart. And my heart is responding to you. I want to talk to you what I can do. To move into the presence of God in my life. If I can gain a different response to the presence of the Lord. I'm here to tell you that there's nothing in all the world that God's presence cannot change in all of our lives. The Bible proves that over and over and over again. If you get in the presence of Jesus, things will change. I was telling the earlier service this morning, one of my favorite things that changes is how you get to pay taxes. That's what Jesus taught us, didn't it? You remember? <laughs> Jesus had to pay taxes. He went down. He went fishing. Man, we're not allowed to go fishing and, uh, and to pay my taxes. So the Lord has a miraculous way of dealing with issues of our life. But they'll never be presented in our life unless we find a deeper and a higher expression of the presence of God. God wants to do some. Now, I told him in the early service this morning, I'm a cadence uh, prayer. What that means is I see myself as a soldier, man. That's the way I've, ever since I come to the Lord, I, I love to pray that way. You know, they say that Roman soldiers marched five abreast. And if they was going in a direction, they stopped for nothing. If you got in their way, they literally just stomped on you and kept going. That they would stop for nothing. Well, And that's the way I found comfort in my prayer life. I found comfort. I take my list. I love my prayer list. I love my scriptures that I go through. And I'm not saying laying aside anything. I want to present to you this morning a little higher way of the way that you can pray and believe God for miraculous change in your life. Now, in my prayer life, like I said, I'm a cadence prayer. So give me a list. In fact, my list means so much to me. My list usually lay right before I'm sleeping. Rachel, I, right there on my nightstand, it's so good to have you, darling. Right there on my nightstand, I have lists. When I wake up through the night and the enemy's trying to get me to side with feelings of negativeness and trying to get me to not believe God, 
I reach over and I take those scriptures. Sometime I'll take those lists that I got, those scriptures. I'll put them right here on my chest. And I'll go to sleep, man. Oh, it's like, like God rocking me into sleep. Now, I'll take those lists because that's the way I think. That's the way I believe. Now, I'm this soldier, five abreast, marching, got my list, fighting the enemy. And, and so, and a lot of times I'll take that list. Man, the enemy, he's attacking at night, trying to get worry and unbelief to assault me. I'll grab that list and I'll put it right under my head. Put it right under my pillow. And I really go to sleep resting on the Word of God. But I found great, great peace that. But the Lord is, is speaking to our heart even something higher. And that that is higher is, instead of being a, a sword swinger, slinger, I'm a good slinger of a sword. Man, I tell you what, the only problem is sometimes I cut people I don't mean to cut and I begin to hurt. But you get me in a battle with the enemy. I love to pull the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Man, I love to sling that sword. But God has spoken to my heart that this is not to be a year of the slinging sword. This is to, to be the year of the strategic sword. God, by His presence, by coming into the presence of the Lord and letting God be in control of our prayer time, of our prayer life, what will happen is our sword will become strategic. We will be able to stab what needs to be stabbed. Get out of my way because I'll stab everything if I'm doing it my way. But God wants to empower us to where that God can literally move us. Now, so, so not only does God accessible to me in the midst of my life. But now God, now He wants me to be able to respond to Him. Now, when I talked to you last week, I talked to you about some things that needed to take place if I'm going to find the accessibility to the Lord that needs to happen. First thing that needs to happen, I need to start believing some things. I don't know how many of you have a trouble with believing, but your prayer life will always be lacking until you start believing that God is for you and you get scriptures that you're able to believe and stand on. I'm here to tell you, if you don't have scriptures that you're standing and believing, you have no sword in your hand. If you're going to, first you everybody say, I've got to believe. If, if I'm going to develop, if I'm going to move greater into the presence of God, i first got to believe. Then the second thing i got to do, I've got to leave some things. I've got to leave some things that are common in my life. I've got to, I've got to leave some things that's grown normal. I, like, like my marching forward and my cadence of five. I have that Roman soldier that puts his foot down and, and will not tolerate any movement at all. But the problem is this. That Roman soldier group, that cadence that's developed, it has to be going in the right direction. And I'll be honest with you. In my life, there's been times that I've been in the wrong direction. Because unless I allow the Holy Spirit to prompt me in the right direction, I have a general a generalness about myself to where I will begin to move in the wrong direction. But God is going to give us a strategic sword this year. And I believe with all of my heart that God's going to help us to win this thing for the glory of God. Now, uh, one of the areas of that we need to come to a place of recognizing Him. How does God feel? I mean, what, what does the presence of God feel like? I just have some, uh, what does the presence of how can, can I feel when the presence of God is stronger? Uh, can I feel when when I'm literally moving deeper into the presence of God? Or is it the presence of God I'm just guessing and, and I'm just thinking or, or I'm just sleeping through it? Which God wants to help us to begin to learn and train 
our spirits to where that we literally can become that that can sense the presence of the Lord. Now, in the Bible, the Bible says it this way in the New Testament. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14, one of my very favorite scriptures, it said, But solid food is for the spiritually mature, whose senses are trained. God wants to train me to be able to detect His presence. And if I can begin to allow the Holy Spirit to work in my life and begin to train me to begin to detect. All right, we're talking about I've got to learn to respond. In Psalms chapter 27, that scripture again, it says, I heard your voice and my heart say. That's what he said. I heard your voice and my heart say, come and seek my face. My inner being responded. What David is saying here, something's responding to me when the presence of God is involved. I'm here to tell you, you may not be detecting the presence of God. You may not be sensing the presence of God. But God, by His Spirit, is coming into our lives. And He's trying His best to get us to respond to Him. And whether, and whether I'm using my sword in a strategic manner or whether I'm just slinging my sword, it has to do whether I'm allowing the presence of God to nudge me in the right direction. Amen? Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, it tells us really how we do this. It says, while we look not at the things which are seen. That's why God says, I've got to give my focus on some things I can't see. You don't understand, Pastor. I'm too worried. I'm too upset. All I can see is those bills piling up. All I can see. But I'm here to tell you, unless you give yourself to the ability of seeing some things you can't see and believing some things that you can't see, then you're going to never be able to enter in the presence of the Lord. But it says, well, we look not the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. So I'm going to kind of just close today by giving us some easy steps to the presence of the Lord. I want to talk about some practical steps of how each one of us can enter into the presence of the Lord. Step number one. I've got to spend time in coming to the Lord. A lot of times, me, not so. I walk into my prayer closet with my sword flashing. I walk in there telling God what I need. A lot of times, I will walk in there and I will immediately begin to proclaim what I'm needing Him to do. But God said, not so if you're going to come to the higher level. If you're going to come into the higher level, you're going to have to spend time in the coming into the presence of God. You're going to have to allow yourself to be drawn and allow yourself to come into the presence of the Lord. Now, a lot of people do this in a lot of different ways. I usually do this by, by putting on some worship music. Man, I tell you, music has a way of igniting things inside of us. And especially worship and praise music has this powerful way. Like, for example, I can walk into a grocery store. And, and I may not even be listening here. I may be thinking about what Lane has told me to pick up. And I want to be sure and get every item because I don't want to be in trouble with the Lane. So, so when I walk into that store to get, all of a sudden, things will be, wow, they're playing Caleb. Caleb is coming across. Something begins to ignite inside of me. Music has the power of igniting. Now, I personally, I choose music that doesn't pull me in a certain direction. 
a lot of people choose music to enter in the presence of God, they will pull you in what I call in the direction of music. I choose prophetic music that can allow God to move me in whatever direction He wants to. But whatever it is, just start with music. Give yourself time to come into the presence of the Lord. All right, I say put in prayer. And then learn to sit or stand or kneel to begin to sense Him. Learn to do that. Give time to drawing close to the presence of God. Put on worship music and then through either kneeling or through standing or through sitting, give yourself time to begin to sense the presence of the Lord. Let's work this just a quick minute here. Would you go ahead and start our closing music, if you would? I want us to just to begin to think. Wow. Presence of the Lord. Now, at this point, I need to start bragging on the Lord. I do what, men. Bragging on Jesus will get you points with the Lord. Bragging on the devil get you points with the devil. How many wants to win that race? No. But bragging on Jesus. In fact, the Bible says that through thanksgiving, I enter into his presence. When I begin to focus on coming into the presence of the Lord, and then out of that focus, then if, if I will begin to just brag on Jesus right there in my heart, I say, Lord, you're so good. Lord, you are so good. Will some of you just begin to join me doing that just for a quick minute there? Would you just begin to focus just for a minute? And just take a moment and just focus on the goodness of the Lord. Lord, I'm so thankful. Lord, I'm not here saying everything's right yet, but I'm here saying, Lord, I'm here to thank you for what you're doing. In the midst of my life. You know, I got one of the greatest blessings all out of all of Christmas yesterday. I was able to spend a few moments with Jane at her house. I was expecting, because Brother Don had just recently been gone to be with the Lord. Really, I was expecting to go into Jane's house with a mode of encouragement. But do you know what? When I walked in her house, well, really, when I got to her house and walked to the door... There was a grin from here to here, man. And that was there was such a celebration in her heart. Immediately, she began to brag on Jesus. She said, come here, let me show you what the Lord gave me. Come here, let me show you. I'm saying, that's the way. If you want to move into the presence of God, that's what has to happen at that point. You've got to begin to focus on the Lord, and then you must begin to brag. On how God's good as God is. Some of you, when you walk in here, I can tell you what the devil's done against you that week. I hope you can't tell that about me. There was a time in my life that you could tell that about me. But I just pray that my feelings got saved. And I pray that in the process of my feelings being changed, that when the devil comes and tells me it's bad, I can jump over here on the boat and say, God, you're making everything good. There is a power. There is a release of power that comes from bragging on Jesus. So if you want to enter into His presence, that's what you do. You first allow the time, and then you put on some praise music, if you so like. And then...
then you begin to brag on Jesus. Then the other point is so important. Because the third point is, you must be still. Because the Bible says, if you want to recognize who God is, said, be still and know that I am the Lord. Now, I'm not one to be still at anything. I'm all. If I'm going to praise God, I'm going to be shouting. Lane says, Jerry, sit. I want to sit by anybody in church, but I don't want to sit by you. That's why Lane says, she says, I can't even think. She said, you're so loud. With because that's the way I am. I'm just, man, when I want to praise God, I want to praise God loudly. I'm, but if I want to be in the presence of God, God's told me. That's what his scripture says. Be still and know that I am God. And as you just quieten your heart, waiting on God. Remember what I said? Spend your time in coming. And then God, then God will take your prayer life and will begin to supersede it. Your prayer life will become reckless. Spend your time in coming. So at that point, we begin to, and then you begin to wait on the Lord. You know, the Bible says, wait on the Lord and what will he do? The Bible says, wait on the Lord and what will he do? Wait on the Lord and he will renew your strength. <laughs> Oh, I tell you what, you can do more with a sword in the hand of a strengthened man than you can a sword in the hand of a weak man. So what happens is you begin to wait on the Lord. Now, the word wait there doesn't mean necessarily time, although it is a connotation of time also. But what it means is this. As I begin to wait, I begin to concentrate. I begin to focus. Lord, is that you? Is this that I'm sensing? You, Lord. Lord, is this strength that's flowing inside me? Is that you? God, I'm looking to for you in a much more real sense than I've known it. Lord, help me. <laughs> is that you? And so many times, you will begin to sense what you desperately need. And the wonderful thing about it, if God's in direction, God's choosing. Jimmy, God knows you more than you know you. God knows what Jimmy needs. I'm still praying about Lane getting mad at me. God said, forget about that lady. Concentrate on me. Then all of a sudden, inside me, strength, joy will begin to flow. Because see, what God is doing at that moment, God's helping you to dig a well to when the world is a drought around you, you're going to have water in the well that's going to be able to flow in the midst of your life. What's God doing? God is creating a river inside you. It flows right. It flows right from the very throne room of God. That is, if I'm waiting on the Lord, be still, he says, and know. Lord, what will I know? You'll know I'm here, Jerry. And you'll know it's my strength that's going to make you stronger than this battle. It's my power that's going to be able to empower you.
It's my grace that's going to bring about the change in the midst of your life. And there in the midst of that moment, God begins to add to us that which we desperately need. The wonderful thing about it, I'm looking for these Kairos moments too. A Kairos moment is that that comes in the midst of all the other moments. It's a God word. What it is, it's a moment that God creates in the moments of time that has the power to change all the other moments. The Kairos moment According to the Greek, is the power of God to come into the midst of my moments of life. That's why Jehoshaphat said, Lord, you don't understand. There's an enemy that's coming against me. And I have no power to win. <laughs> but I'm going to worship you. I'm going to keep my eyes on you, Jesus. I'm going to keep my eyes on you. And the Bible said that when they began to praise God, the Lord sent angels against the enemy. A Kairos moment that changed all the other moments of Jehoshaphat's life happened. What is it that needs to change in our life? What is it that God needs to change? What is it that only God can change? What is it? Right now, sitting in the very presence of God, I have the ability, God created me as ability to worship Him. And God's given me ability to experience His presence. Oh, it's, it's, it's almost like the Magi that came at Christmas that changed their life forever. Their story changed forever. Can you imagine? Through the rest of time, they said, I saw him when he was a baby. <laughs> I saw him when he was a baby. And then he gave me a reason for life. The shepherds, for the rest of time, they had a destiny and a purpose. In fact, the Bible said it became a miraculous purpose. Because the shepherds went from that cradle that day, sharing the goodness of God. And the Bible says there came this belief for people to be excited every time that they would speak. <laughs> God has the power. So anything that has been set up against you, Joshua found out what that was. The Lord says, Joshua, command that son to stand still. What was seen to be could not be changed, became changed in a moment of time. So we're going to close with that this morning. Lane, I just want you to know how much we love you. We wish we could change every person's situation. I wish that I could heal. Had the power to heal one, I don't know how can he heal me. I wish I could do what it takes to change your life for good, those that are facing things. I, I wish Lane and I's heart is to be able to help you and to encourage you. But we're powerless, just like you. But He's powerful. And what we can do, 
we can draw into his presence. And in a moment of time, he can change every moment. (laughs) God can change. God can change your family. God can change your worried situations, your inward turmoil, the fear that you fight, the brokenness in the relationship, the circumstances that need to be turned around. As Jackie received a word from the Lord that God can change a household, a finance, a circumstance. God can do it. What we can do, we can find His presence. And just like the Magi, just like the Shepherd, it can change all of our tomorrows by being in the presence of God. If you're here today, if you're sick, if you're fighting the enemy, you're believing God, this could be the moment. This could be the moment. That little woman with that issue of blood, she said, if I can just touch the presence of Jesus, I can be healed. In a moment of time, when other people didn't even recognize that God was there, she recognized God was there. At a moment of time, her health was completely changed. What can the presence of God do? The Bible says in the book of Acts, it says that it can literally become so infectious. The Bible says that when an apron, a piece of cloth, touched Paul's body, that it would become infected with the presence of God that was able to bring healing and deliverance to everyone that he touched. I'm just asking, what do you need to bring into the presence of God? What is it that needs to be changed? What is it that needs to be reworked, redone? Remolded, reshaped, <laughs> that you can bring into the presence of God. Would you stand with me in our clothes, please? Oh, yes, right. I want you to take just a quick moment. Let's kind of do that little exercise that I was just preaching about this morning. I want us to take just a moment. Would you mind and would you focus on the Lord? This could be your moment that could change every other moment. When no one else is able to sense the presence, you may be able to sense God's presence that will have the power to change everything about your life. Would you just right there in the presence of God, would you just begin to thank God? Brag on Him in your heart. Go ahead and just begin to brag on the Lord. Just begin to say, Oh Lord, you're so good. Lord, you are so wonderful. <laughs> Lord, you're so wonderful. You're so good. I'm asking you to do something. As you're standing there being still in the presence of God and you begin to sense the Lord, I want you to take whatever it is that you need changed, helped, turned around. I want you to take it. I want you to lift it up. Just take your little hands and lift it up to the Lord. If you begin to sense the Lord, if you're sensing God, if you're sensing the presence of the Lord, 
if you can sense the wonderful presence of the Lord, you begin to just lift it to Him. Oh, Lord, I can't change it. But you can change everything, Lord. As I just hold my need, my circumstances, as I hold them into the presence of God. Believing your word, Lord, over them. Believing that word of promise, God. Lord, that we dwell in the secret place, Lord, of the Most High. I begin to say in my heart, you are my God, and it's you that I trust, Lord. I will say of the Lord, you're my refuge, you're my fortress. My God, it's in you that I trust, Lord. Surely, Lord, you deliver us from the snare of the fowler, from the noise and pestilence. Under your wings, Lord, we find refuge. I tread upon the lion, the adder. Oh, the young lion and the dragon, Lord, I trample under feet. Because, Lord, I've set my love upon you. Therefore, Lord, you deliver us. You set us on high, Father, because we have known your name. You deliver us and you honor us. And with a long life, you satisfy us. Amen. And you show us your salvation. I want to thank you so much for joining with us today. Well, right before Stephen comes, I want you to know this is a journey that we're going to be taking place throughout this year. Because the warriors are the greatest and the strongest warriors that war from His presence. The greatest times that God can be in any of our lives is the times that we're able to live life out of the presence of God. And if I will become conscious of that and recognize that, and realize that and begin to live my life under that association anything in my life is subject to change any circumstance is subject to change anything in my body is subject to healing because healing is from the Lord deliverance is from the Lord help is from the Lord 